Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax and allow everything to just fall by the wayside. You don't need to put a lot of energy or effort. Just let it drop off and just allow God to remind you how much he loves you, what he has planned for you is for your good, what he's brought you through is for your good. Now, his idea of good and our idea of good are often different things, but we can trust in his definition of what's good for us because he loves us. We are not another. We are not apart from him. We are trying to get into his good graces. Sorry about that, the little interruption there. Um, So when we are talking about what God is doing in our lives, it's about our soul. It's not about our relationship with him. It's not about what he thinks about us. It's not about what he is trying to position us for. It's not about ministry or even about our spiritual condition. It's about our soul. Now, everything came from God. Everything's in him. Everything's going back to be concluded in him. And we're all getting little bits and pieces. Each one of us is going to have a different bit, a different piece, a different viewpoint. This is God's intent. He, you know, it's not about a, a cookie-cutter understanding or doctrine or belief. It's about relationship. And when we talk about Christianity, when we talk about knowing God, and we even when we talk about relationship, yours is going to be different than what anybody else is experiencing. And that's great. That's fine. It should be. But one of the things I think we all have a challenge with is how do we approach learning about him? We've got this idea that he's he's hard to know, that he's God. I mean, he's he's so big. He's so powerful. He's awesome and limitless and omnipotent and omniscient and, and all these, you know, scary things, all these things that are hard to comprehend. And they are. They're hard to comprehend. So we latch on to things that we understand. We grab a hold of things and we try to fit our understanding, our beliefs, into things that work for us. Like the church we belong to or the doctrine we we follow it works for us, at least to some degree. Now, what happens very often is is God starts pulling the rug out from under us. 
And things that used to work don't work anymore. And we look for a reason for that. We, we, we blame ourselves. We blame the devil. We blame God. You know, when I've, you know, for instance, when I've prayed before, he's always answered, and this is how he's answered. And yet what we find out is, no, God's just going to be speaking to us differently. And we want him to. We want him to make himself known to us in whatever way he chooses. And what's fun for us is to know that this is all about a journey. This is not about the destination. This is not about getting things done or accomplishing something. It's about the process. So let's talk a little bit about the process we've been focusing on, um, the, the abilities, the latent abilities of your soul, the things that, that a lot of, you know, in the scriptures, you know, one thing, just a reminder, the you know, the, the scriptures are written in several different languages. And whenever you start translating from one language into another, you're going to miss something. And even in the original Greek and, um, and Hebrew and there's something else, translating it from one, one person writing it out to the next person, things can get lost. Now, I am absolutely sure I'm 100 million percent sure, 100 percent sure, that if God wanted the Bible to be absolutely accurate, it would be. If he, if he wanted it to be absolutely transmitting his heart and his mind, it would be absolutely transmitting his heart and mind. Now, we would not be arguing over it. It would be so clear that we would all know, okay, this is what God meant by this. This is how this works in this situation. It would be clear. But it's not. Now, you may say, well, yes, it is, because we, all, we understand this, this, and this. I, you know, drop me a line. I'll, show, I'll point to, to several scriptures right off the bat that do not have an explanation. Or you won't like what the explanation is. But the whole point being that if God wanted the Bible to be our answer, our go-to manual, it would be. It would answer every question. But then we wouldn't need him. The Bible is not the fourth part of the Godhead. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, they're all one, and we don't need to comprehend how they can all be one and yet separate but you are three in one you're spirit soul and body but you're one but you're becoming one and you're not completely one now now god is always all one now he likes threes i don't know maybe it's some other you know universe or time or frame or dimension he likes fives He's free to do whatever he wants, or 11s. He's free to reveal himself in any way he chooses. So we don't get caught up in making our our beliefs and our doctrine fit uh, what we've been taught, what our understanding is, or the time and place we are at at any given time. 
Okay, but isn't there a danger in that? Don't can't we get deceived? Can't we make mistakes? Absolutely. But guess what? You're going to make mistakes and you're going to be deceived. What is deception? Not having the whole truth. Guess what? You don't have the whole truth. God can't reveal the whole truth to you right now. He's making you able to receive the whole truth. You know, look back at where you started. For those of you who have been a a believer, a Christian, born again, more than a month, odds are you've changed over time. Your relationship with God has changed. Your beliefs have changed. Well, were you deceived back then? Well, you could say, yeah. But guess what? You know, 10 years from now, I want to have a different belief system. I want to know God differently. I can't say more because in my spirit, I'm already one with him. But I want to know him in a different way. I want to know myself better. I want to have received more healing in my soul. I want to have my abilities more up and running. I want to be experiencing God more and in a different way. And there's certain things that for each one of us, he wants us to be experiencing more contentment, appreciation. Then, of course, there's the power and authority that comes with receiving eternal life in our soul and in our body. Those are things that I'm not experiencing now. And what's keeping me from experiencing those things now? There are aspects of deception in every wound we have. You know, we're wounded by rejection. Those two kinds of people in the world, those that have been rejected and those that have been rejected more. So you're going to be rejected. You have been rejected. You're going to be. You are being rejected now. Somebody somewhere is talking bad about you. So what? Our great privilege is to be able to go to the God of the universe for healing, for encouragement, for refreshment, for life. And the more we learn how to do that, the more deception cannot hold us. Because you don't drive out the darkness. You don't get rid of the deception so that truth can be revealed. But truth revealed drives out the deception. So we don't focus on being deceived. We don't be, you know, um, our enemies, specifically the devil, he's he's good at lying, at deceiving, at tempting. He has a repertoire of, of... Let's say buttons, buttons on your back. He knows how to push your buttons. But you've only got a limited number of buttons. Now, he knows how to push them. We're not, you know, us human beings aren't all that complex. And he's had a lot of time to practice. But you've only got so many buttons. But he's going to keep on jamming. He's going to keep on pushing that same button. Even when it's disconnected, he's going to still keep on pushing that button. And this is the process. The more you're healed in your soul, the less those buttons connect to stress, connect to anxiety, connect to anger, 
connect to fear or rejection or regret or guilt, whatever it is that's connected to your buttons, God just comes in and clips those wires. The buttons are still going to be there. And the devil's still going to be on your back jamming, you know, jamming his finger. Think about when Jesus, you know, he he defied the devil every time he came to him. That didn't deter the devil. He still kept going after him. And, in fact, he stopped going to Jesus himself. He went after him through other people. But the devil's got nothing else to do. This is, this is what he was created for, was to bug you. It's what he does. He's not going to stop. So our best approach to dealing with all of our enemies is a learning process and being grateful. Because you know if he pushes that button and you still have that same reaction, there's a wound there that needs to be healed. And you can go, thank you, God, for, for that nasty old critter on my back that keeps on pushing that button. There's something more here that I need healed. Is this something you want to deal with now? And we go to God every single time. So don't worry about being deceived. A, you already are. You're already believing a lie. And, and I can you know, feel there's a lot of, no, not me. Yes, everyone, every single one of us. Because there, none of us has, a, has received all the truth. We would explode. Jesus is the only one on this earth, past Adam and Eve, that had all the truth. Now, in our spirit, you have all the truth. Remember, Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. In your spirit, you are already walking the way. You have the truth, and you have the life. You have everything you need for life and godliness in your spirit, not your soul certainly not your body. So our pathway now is not a a spiritual, we could even say it's not really even a spiritual walk. Because our spirit's already doing what it needs to be doing. It's one with God. Our problem is our solical walk. It's like we're, you know, once we become a Christian, we become double-minded. We have a spirit mind you know, that thinks the thoughts of God, that that's what your spirit mind was meant to receive eternal life in your mind. And your will is meant to receive eternal life in your will. And your emotions are made, was made to receive eternal life in your emotions. But we're not there now. We're, we swing back and forth between having a mind, the mind of Christ and having a wounded mind having the emotions of Christ and having wounded emotions and having a, 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 the, the will, making the right choice, having a, a reliable judgment, a reliable conscience, and a darkened, seared conscience that has a hard time making the right choice, the right decision. So now, once you become a Christian, you become double. You become a double in your heart, your mind, your will, and your emotions. 
so there's there's going to be stress there. So stress and anxiety and tension, that's not a sign that you're doing something wrong. It's a sign that God wants to talk to you about what he's doing in your life. You can be right in the middle of the greatest victory you've ever had and be emotionally distraught in despair and depression. Now, God doesn't leave us there. He doesn't want us to expect that that's the way our life's going to be. Now, there's things that he does say, you know, like he told Paul, um, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul went to him and, you know, multiple times and said, will you heal this? And God said, no. And there's going to be times when he, God says no. And that's his right, his responsibility. But you know what was great about Paul? is He kept on asking until he got an answer. He didn't try to figure it out himself. He didn't start a prayer chain. He didn't go to all his, he didn't go to, you know, uh, get Peter together. Hey, get everybody together. We have to figure, find out what I'm supposed to do about this problem. How come God isn't healing me? How come God isn't doing this? No, he kept on going to God until he got an answer. He didn't, he probably didn't like the answer. Nobody likes hearing no. I'm not going to heal you. My grace is sufficient for you. But he had an answer from God. And this is part of our our opportunity we have. We're living in a, in a day and an age where the supernatural activity is very, well, it's very high. It's high-level activity. And the more we can look at it as an, as an opportunity. You know, um, what's the best way to learn how to swim? It's just throw, be thrown into the water. You'll learn, okay, what's important is to keep your head above the water. Flail around until you get it figured out, until you get to the side of the pool. And of course, there's somebody there to keep you from drowning. But you get over all your fears. You get over, you know, the whole idea of, okay, that the water's not something to be afraid of, something I can learn to master. Same way with riding a bike. You have to get on the bike. Driving. Yeah, you go to school and you do all the simulations, but then you get behind the, the car and you pretty soon have to learn the difference between the gas and the brake. And we do it by experience. And God intended it that way. And so as we start, again, embracing that part of our purpose here on this earth for this time is that our abilities be fully functioning. So I want you to think about that for a minute. God wants all your supernatural, solical abilities to be functioning in your lifetime. It's thoroughly possible for you. What would that look like? What would that be like? Nobody has done that except Christ. You know, whatever God, whatever the Father told Jesus to do, he could do. He had the confidence, A, that he was hearing clearly from his Father, and B, that all those abilities that were in his soul, not his spirit, but in his soul, were fully functioning. 
He could raise Lazarus from the dead, not because he was the son of God, but because eternal life was flowing into his soul and into his body. He could turn water into wine, not because he was the son of God, but because the the spirit, eternal life, God's life and light and spirit were flowing from his spirit into his soul and connecting with the natural world. You are in that exact same position. Your spirit is, you know, I hate to use the word channeling, but that's, you know, that's what it is. It's like a a pipe. And the more your soul is healed by God, God's the one doing the the healing. He's He's the plumber. He's cleaning out the pipes. They go into your soul with the, that eternal life, that river of living water that then goes into your body and out into this world. We are first partakers of the living water. Where do we receive that living water? In our soul. So those wounds, those lies, they're exposed and, and healed, and sometimes it hurts. Change is hard. And healing is very often involves we have to experience the source of the wound. Sometimes we, we inherit wounds that we don't even understand what they are. Whatever, God is in charge of which wounds need to be healed first. But you and I can be keeping plenty busy learning how our soul operates. You know, if we could say, well, to serve God, to receive his eternal life, all you need to do is be an Olympic gymnast. And we would all set out to be Olympic gymnasts, something we could latch on to. This is what's going to please God, is being, you know, or, or a musician. Think something physical, something practical, some, an artist. This is what I need to do in order to receive the life of God. We would set our mind, we would set our time, we would would have something tangible to be reaching for. Unfortunately, that's all in the natural. God's purpose for us, again, is in the soul. And we have seen so few, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've not seen Jesus personally raise somebody from the dead. Now imagine what those people that, you know, the family of Lazarus and all the people who, who knew that Lazarus had been in that grave, you know, days, you know, Lord, don't roll back the stone. He stinks. And he said, no, then roll it back and Lazarus, come forth. Come on out. What were those people thinking? What were they thinking? The impact it would have made. And and yet he still they were still questioning. And he had to do it again or something different the next day. But God, he was just directing him, this is this is the way walking in it and he did it. Not because he was the son of God. But because the spirit of life was flowing through him and into his soul and into his body, which is you and I can do the same thing because we are connected 
to the same God that Jesus was connected with. Now, there will only be one Savior. There's only one incarnate Son of God. So it's not, we're, we're not saying we're the Son of God. We are sons of God. But there was only one Savior who, could come, who came to this earth blameless, sinless, that, that sheep who could be slain for the sins of the world and pay, pay all our debts. And he did that. And he died on the cross, paid for our sins, then was resurrected, and now we are joint heirs with him. But that was his purpose here on this earth. You and I have a a separate, distinct purpose. And part of that for each one of us, again, it's general, but for each one of us individually, we have a single, separate purpose. And I encourage you to, to start, you know, thinking about, okay, if you were hanging out with Jesus, think about, you know, Peter and, and um, James and John and Matthew. They were hanging out with, with Jesus, and they were seeing him do these miracles. And Jesus was saying, well, you, you do this one. I've shown you how to do this. Now you do this. And remember, he sent them out two by two, and they came back and they God, you know, Jesus, even the devils responded to us. And Jesus was surprised. Well, I told you that that's what would happen. And they were getting the whole idea that that their, the power that they had was not some something reserved for special people. It wasn't about an anointing or God has his hand on you. God has his hand on all of us. God doesn't have any special honeys. He is no respecter of persons. He, he, you are his favorite. I am God's favorite. You are God's favorite. You are favored of God because he loves you. So take it. What is it that if you were hanging out with Jesus, that you would ask, okay, Lord, show me how to do this. I really, when you turn the water into the wine, how did you do that? When you cast that devil out of that little child that kept on throwing himself into the fire, how did you do that? And let him teach you. Go ahead and use those examples that are in the scriptures. Come up with something different. Ask him, Lord, now here's this, is, this disaster that's going on. How would you handle that? What would you do in this situation? Would you stand in front of the flood and say, stop? Would you stop, you know, go to the volcano that's blowing up and say, stop? What would you do? Or would you just worry about getting people out of the way? Or would you just stand back and do nothing? When you start talking to him about the realities, your abilities will start to respond and again you already have all the abilities so start asking whatever whatever what's your favorite um bible story well how did he do that how did they do that what you know god how would you do that today what crisis are you dealing with in your own life 
with difficulty? Is there someone ill that, you know, uh, uh, a physical illness, a mental illness, a family relationship illness? God, Jesus, how would you, if you were here in the flesh, if you were standing right here, how would you handle this? This is one of the ways we we start seeing how practical God is. Because he is, because that's why he created the circumstances you're in, was to draw you to ask him, Lord, what the heck's going on in this situation? He wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to all of us. He wants to teach us. He is our guidance counselor our coach, and he's also, he also grades the papers. So be encouraged. Go to him, whatever is on your mind, whatever you are thinking you want to do, however you get there. Lord, what's the best way to tackle this? Now, next week we're going to get into some a little bit more practical things, but just let your mind wander. Let your, let your imagination wander. One of mine has always been, to put my hand on the side of a hospital and everybody leave the hospital. What's yours? Okay? So, um, oh, leave the hospital whole and healed. <laughs> not not out the bat, the bar, you know, not out the uh, on the uh, the gurneys towards the funeral home. But healed and complete and whole. So, what's yours? So, thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.